0: Hi, I'm Riyal Safi, and welcome to Thinking Out Loud. Remember to subscribe to the YouTube channel Spotify and Apple Podcast, and in that way, you'll never miss another episode. So in today's episode, we collaborate for the first time with one of South Africa's most talented comedians and also the host of the award-winning podcast Lesser Known Somebodies. Hey Sabiyarf, and welcome to Thinking Out Loud.
1: What up, Maji? How are you?
0: Oh, good, good, good! So excited to have you on the show.
1: You don't sound excited. I just want to say that you don't. There was there was not much fanfare. If if this was if this was a proper thing, there would be proper sounds. It'd be like welcome, Semyarov. No of stuff like this. <laughs> Welcome, Sir so we RF. Okay, I'm going to work you. on that. I'm going to work
0: on that. Yeah. So, so the question that's been on the top of my mind, from mm-hmm. a comedian to a podcast host. How and why yeah. did this change happen?
1: It's not a change. I'm still I'm still a comedian. I didn't stop. <laughs> a lot of people have asked me why why have you gone from comedian to podcaster? It's the same thing. I I'm still funny. I haven't left one job and gone to another one. It's not like a career change. It's just another skill that I have.
0: And what made you start want to start podcasting?
1: Because I couldn't. Uh, Got an a at my favorite radio station nine four seven so I was like i 'll show you guys I will now just become a big time podcaster that 's literally what happened wow. and Then I had my recording equipment because i i was I always dug podcasts like from a I think I was listening to podcasts like two thousand and twelve already like they it was a cool thing to do like I listened to a lot of my um comedian heroes on podcasts and so I wanted to do my own stuff and I was already doing like stuff when I'd go to the cricket I'd record audio of me like speaking to fans stuff so I already knew what to do and because radio it also helped me out of how to edit audio what to ask etc etc it just felt like uh, another cool thing to do like as well as being a comedian so yeah. Do you still have
0: aspirations of being on radio?
1: Yeah as as soon as somebody can offer me a radio gig I'll stop my podcast straight up. (laughs) Because okay. then there's no point of doing the podcast. The only reason I did this podcast was to get back on radio. Once, once I get a radio gig, the podcast is over. We wish you all the best in those endeavors. So, Thank you.
0: What, no problem. What are some of the challenges that you faced when trying to set up this podcast?
1: Mm, I don't know. I, what are you, okay, what are your challenges?
0: I had many. I'm, I must be honest. I was a radio presenter. As you can see, yeah. I'm still trying to work on that. So, what radio station? Uh, uh it was a community based radio station in Indonesia called East Wave Radio. So, I, I know, East Wave, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, we used to play like songs, so if there was nothing to yeah. say, I'd quickly get into song. <laughs> and, yeah, 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 we are having a chat, and you obviously have your guests on with you. And And some of the challenges mm. I had was. Um, I wasn't too sure with the recording part. I'm not very good Mm. in terms of the technical aspects. uh, What
1: do you use to record?
0: Well, I use my Mac and uh, Zoom, of course, and uh, my mic.
1: What Zoom do you have? Oh, you're talking about Zoom, the application?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. What microphone do you have? Samson. Ah, Samson. Oh, that's a pretty good mic. Um, I think think, um, technical gear is always an immediate challenge because the better gear you have, the better your audio sounds. And you know, I tell a lot of people that audio is a lot more difficult to record than like visual. So I always give the same example, like on almost every single radio podcast, any talk or panel discussion that I'm on, I always tell people that recording audio is tougher than recording visual because you'll watch a YouTube video that has bad visuals, but great audio. But if you had a very good visual video Mm-hmm. and horrible audio. You will switch off. Your mind switches off. Audio is that important. That's why like even in movies, audio costs a lot of money to get things right. So it's good that you have equipment. I mean, I, I wouldn't say that it was one of my challenges. I always had a Zoom, a Zoom H4n, which is my first piece of audio equipment. Mm-hmm. And that thing, I could plug two microphones in. I could edit on, I could uh, record on the go. It was very simple. And back then, I also, I'm also one of those like tech savvy type of people. So I wouldn't necessarily need my computer to edit audio. Like I will downloaded something on my phone and use that and have my jingle go into the interview, put an outro on and I'll be sorted. Then I could still export that to my MacBook and Bluetooth, it, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't think I had many challenges. I think the only challenge, but every podcaster has this challenge is making money from this thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's probably it. That's probably like the biggest challenge. Because I can record anywhere and I'm comfortable enough to speak to anyone and have a decent conversation at least, something that is at least gripping for like 30 to 40 minutes before a listener goes off. And yeah, I think, because I don't think like there's a massive, massive challenge in the sense of recording podcasts for me personally. I think the challenge is earning, but I think that's a global challenge when it comes to podcasts.
0: But now, my next question was around that, in terms of now that you've won many accolades, uh, in terms of your uh, podcast that you've been doing, The Lesson on Somebody's. Um, yes. I guess it's an opportunity for you to, to earn some money. Am
1: I, am I well, I've earned, I've earned money from my podcast. I've, I licensed it to Prime Media for a year. Yes. I've done other small sponsorships with it. But these things aren't sustainable. Like, they're not sustainable. like They're not like a Joe Rogan $240 million US dollar podcasting sure. contract. But then, so they're not sustainable. But you could find like advertisers that are willing to like promote on your podcast and stuff. And you can do a trade exchange or whatever. But I mean, like, I'm not really concerned about how much money I make from it. It's a challenge, of course, but I'm just like, I do other things that earn me money. Certainly.
0: Where do you see podcast in the next year or two? In terms of your podcast, where do you see it going in the next year or two?
1: My podcast would definitely going to get visuals on. As soon as. The numbers of coronavirus have died down, enough vaccinated people will go back into studio, change it to a bit of a video setup so we can start doing video podcasts. I need YouTube views. That's, that's it. That's basically what I'll, I'll do. That's my next step. Interesting that you
0: mentioned that because I was doing some research and they said the future of podcast is going to be a visual. So that's something I guess you need
1: to prepare. Yeah, they say that, but there's, I think they're also wrong in that. I mean, like, I think it will be visual inside a podcast app. I don't think it'll be like, I go to YouTube to listen to Simi's podcast. I think Spotify, have been doing it recently with Joe Rogan Experience. So you can watch the video. And then as soon as you go out of the app, it continues with the audio. And I think that's where it's going to.
0: Talking about challenges that you spoke about earlier, I started this last year in November, so it's not been a very long time that I've been doing this. I've recorded seven shows and now this is...
1: And, a- you're, on, and you're on season two.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we keep I it short.
1: <laughs> whenever, whenever I see a podcast that have like, yo, season one and season two, and then, and then I'm just like, how, how? what defines a season? <laughs> when you just we just got tired and you stopped recording for a little bit. Then you're just like, okay, that's the end of season one. (laughs) Well, we have a theme that we run. So the last oh, themes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What was the, what was the theme for the first season?
0: So the first season we had, um, we had money where we we Mm -hmm. spoke to a financial, uh, a financial journalist. Uh, We then spoke about mental health as well. So, it was a theme around wellness, um, mm-hmm. looking after your finances during the COVID times, and then also giving back. So we've also had someone sharing an inspirational story um, in, in in terms of uh, the work that they do within the community. And then we. Have and what's
1: the full time? What's the full time job that you hold?
0: I work uh, in the financial services industry.
1: Why do not you offer them to do podcasts?
0: Something to, uh, to think about. Yeah. Certainly, I'm, I'm going to look into that further.
1: Mm. And did you go for vocal training, like radio training? Uh,
0: yes, when I stayed in the UK a I did do that.
1: You stayed in the UK. Why do you not share all these great stories? <laughs> <laughs> well, Why are you asking me questions about what are your challenges? You've got such a cool story. So you came from the UK and then you went to Lanesia. No, no, no. Uh, no, no, no. I went,
0: it was a story from Lanesia to London.
1: <laughs> Linasia to London. How long were you in London for? <laughs>
0: um, I was there for about 3 years. I went on those working holiday visas.
1: Oh, like But then but this can't be your real voice then.
0: What do you mean this can't be my real voice?
1: This you came from Linasia, you went to London, but you were well, you sounded like cuz a human being at the age of 8 already has a defi- uh, like a definite accent to the way they speak. Mm-hmm. The way they pronounce eight words and stuff. Yes. So were you speaking like this when you were eight? Like a radio DJ?
0: Well, no, that came with, uh, in terms of... Uh, <laughs> so, was, that's, what saying, <laughs> that's what I'm saying then.
1: That's what I'm saying. The way you sounded to me, you were just like, yeah, well, what's wrong with the way I speak? There's nothing wrong with the way you speak. I want to know, do you speak like this when you're off the microphone?
0: Um, I would think um, most cases, but, or, or maybe when I do interviews, I, you have a certain yeah. that's, way of... That's
1: wild. Do you know Derek Alberts?
0: I've heard of him. Derek yeah.
1: Alberts, is he was a sports show I don't know if he's still at EWN, but Derek <laughs> Alberts speaks like this. like, this is Derek Alberts, reporting live from the Dakar Racing. And then I always used to wonder, would Derek speak like that to his wife? <laughs> what, are we, what are we having for supper tonight? It's me, Derek Alberts. And I was just like, it can't be. That's why I always get fascinated when I hear good voices. Like, there must be a crack. Like, I don't have a, a great speaking voice. I have a good sounding voice. It's sultry, it's sexy. But the vo- the voice that I'm using now on this thing yes. when I go speak to my mother downstairs is the exact same thing.
0: Fantastic. <laughs> I'm, I'm lost. For I'm lost. For uh, <laughs> no, don't be lost <laughs> <for>
1: words. <laughs> I just want to know when you were a small little rias, small little rias. Yes. And then you went you went to England. And then you were there and then someone said, wow, you've got a very nice voice. You should go for vocal training. What did the lady, did she change you? Can you go backwards?
0: No, um, to be honest, um, I think it was before that because when I was in mm. school, I, mm. I was a very shy person. Let me tell you mm-hmm. the story. Um, I mm. still am a bit of an introvert. Mm. Um, but what happened is one day at school, we actually had mm. a plague um, mm. And my teacher told me that um, I have confidence Mm -hmm. you can do this. And I was extremely Mm -hmm. nervous. I actually used to shiver Mm -hmm. when I used to go on stage. That's how nervous I was. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I went and he told me if the crowd makes a noise, you just go up to them and tell them they need to respect artists and they need to listen. And and obviously none of this happened. Everyone was listening.
1: Whoever told you that was right though. (laughs) Well, my teacher, he just passed away yeah. last
0: year of COVID, Mr. Judge Bai. So, yeah, it was R- very R.I.P. What, what then happened mm. is, obviously, none of this happened. No one said mm. nothing. They were listening to us attentively. Mm. And I was so nervous. I went back on stage and I said, you guys need to listen to us. And, yeah, I'm giving a speech. And that yeah. was like <laughs> a moment when it happened. <laughs> and then I was like, after that, uh, a few years later, I joined the radio station. Mm. And uh, that's where I basically learned by listening to others mm. and not back announcing songs, you know, on, on mm. Indian radio stations. You then talk to interesting people mm. like Priyanka Chopra, Shah Khan and, and all mm. that people. So, yeah, over the years I've learned that. And then when I went to the UK, I did a course with the London Academy of Radio yeah. and Television. Yeah.
1: You see, when I always listen to podcasts... The thing Mm. I must always emphasize is that the only thing that makes a podcast interesting is the host or hosts, depending how many you have. Mm. And it's just like the only thing that makes people interesting are stories. So like when you interview me, especially on podcasts, if it was radio, it's probably a bit different. I would take every single question and give an appropriate answer. But I mean, like, I like hearing stories. Because if I'm not a, if I'm not attached to the guest, uh, the host, or I don't feel like they um, entertain me, I just stop. I stop listening. I understand. And you've got some. You've got stories. So you must always share a good story with us. Like I don't know. That's the reason the way you, where you learned how to go, uh, where you learned how to speak. That's a cool story. I don't it's know certainly. that you came from Lens and you went to Britain and you are there at the London Academy of Radio and Radio and Television. Thank you. You're welcome.
0: no. Coming back to challenges, and there's another story mm. in terms of podcasts and in South African context mm-hmm. so after I started the podcast in November, obviously I was advertising it on various social media platforms yeah. platforms, etc and um, I once um, went to the mall um, about in December, mm-hmm. uh, it is lens mall after all, so <laughs> you can see trade stuff. route Did you go
1: to trade route
0: <laughs> yes and then mm-hmm. what happened is I'm bumped into one of these gentlemen that always listens and uh, he Mm. says, hey, um, I see your post and I like it and everything, but what exactly are you doing? What's a podcast?
1: I leave those people. (laughs) Leave those people. I like. (laughs) Leave those those people.
0: Sure. How do we reach levels that they have in the US? We
1: listenership? It's as simple as that. Nope. It's as simple as that. We won't. We won't ever. We don't have a market that can ever handle that. There's, you must have data or internet to listen to a podcast Mm -hmm. and data is expensive in our country. Buying data is expensive in the country as well. So you won't get to those levels. You would have to, your podcast would have to appeal to people outside of South Africa, maybe to get to those levels. They would have to appeal to a North American market anywhere else. People struggle with podcast numbers and podcast downloads except specifically in North America. They know how to do it, not because they know the skills. I mean, the skill of recording something and telling a story can be done anywhere in the world. But they have enough people consuming in that market to get substantial numbers if the content is good. So we're not going to get there. So if this was like your dream and you were hoping to get like a million downloads an episode, leave that dream, go focus on something else. It's not going to happen. No, unless, unless you get picked up overseas and someone's like, yo, this, this is a podcast from South Africa done by this Rias guy and this thing is popping, then you'll get those numbers. With you, with you, got that.
0: Now, you must have had some interesting stories around guests that you featured. What was possibly one of the highlights while uh, recording your podcast? Any guests or any stories around that that you'd like to share with us?
1: Mm, I don't know. That's, that's a very good question. I mean, I think every guest is cool to a certain extent. Um, I guess the moments that I have on the podcast are also fun and lighthearted, sometimes a DMC. I don't have have a story that sticks where I'm just like, I can't believe this person said this thing. I don't. I just... You must understand for me, I just like hearing stories and telling stories. So if I tell a story with a guest or I tell a story with a friend and I press record... I enjoy that moment the most. So I can't even choose like a favorite podcast. I can't because I'm just like, I enjoy speaking to different people all the time. I enjoy details and stories. That's what makes me a very good podcaster.
0: Mm. Amazing. Something I need to pick up on. Now, moving on to your journey as a comedian.
1: Yes. How did that happen? Give us the story behind that. Mm. I like telling jokes. And yes. when I was in university, I went to a comedy night and I saw people tell jokes. And then when I went back to campus, like the following week, they had an open night, an open mic night. And I told jokes there. And then there was a comedian there who ran the Durban comedy scene. And then he booked me for more gigs. And the next thing I know, I was paying for my bills with via comedy. So that's how it started. Um, I always tell people that it doesn't really matter how you start comedy. You would have landed up there anyway. Whether it was that moment I decided comedy... Whether it was three years later, at some point, I would have tried stand-up comedy.
0: It was so, yes. meant for
1: you, yeah. So, so, so that's where you ended up. Being. And I, and I actually don't know if it was meant for me. It's like it's not a job that when I was growing up I wanted. I don't go like, oh shit, I can't wait. What did you, you want to be? Rich. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: I don't know. I think I think I change over time. I think I would have liked, you know, I got a LLB right, but I don't like practice law. Oh. wow. I think, I think I would have liked to have uh, been a writer or study history mm-hmm. be a historian um, I like reading a lot so anything that would have involved reading and writing I think I would have done very well at
0: you still have so I can, I can imagine in the future we're going to
1: expect a book from you possibly uh, maybe a poetry book but no book book um, so no tell it all <laughs> there's nothing, there's nothing much to tell. (laughs) (laughs) I always, I always find it weird with books in South Africa because it's a lot of effort for minimal, minimal reward. So I'm just like, you won't make more than like maybe 200,000 Rand from your book, but that's Mm -hmm. spread over like a 24 month period and six grand going into your bank account every month. Doesn't seem like rich and riches and glory, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: No, what I really like about a lot of your comedies and something that I've noticed about, you talk a lot about love. And you've yeah, said several times
1: that it's it comes the from main ex- experience. Yeah. Yes. Heartbroken. Yes. I mean, I think everybody uh, has heartbreak. I don't think I've got the, the license on heartbreak. I just know that there's incredible funny stories in, in all relationships, specifically lovey-dovey romantic relationships. So I wouldn't say it's like the only theme I touch on just in the last few years I've touched on it because that's the show that I wrote specifically around heartbreak and I haven't gotten, and I haven't gotten to tour it long enough. So now I like last year I toured it and the year before, but I still want to do it more and more because it's a good show. i like the jokes that I've written for that show. So I want to do it more and more and more and more. So you keep on doing radio interviews and, they do a quick Google of you and they see, like, oh, this is the love doctor. Then I'm just like, I'm not a love doctor, just a very good storyteller. But that would have helped you get
0: a job on 94.7 by now.
1: No, I'll never get a job on <laughs> <in> 94.7. <laughs> Don't worry about that. Those days are over. There'll be other radio stations that come. Inshallah. Inshallah. Uh,
0: now, what I'm really loving in terms of your interaction that you're doing on um, Instagram. Agony Arif. Yeah. Wow. I must be honest with
1: you. It's a good time pass. Um, I won't lie. I did that because I wanted to make money. And <laughs> I just, gen- gen- I just have fake sponsors. And then game came to me and they were just like, we want to sponsor three weeks of this stuff. And I was just like, lol, these guys fell hook, line and sinker into my trap. I basically catfished a sponsorship. That's what I did. <laughs> but yeah, I dig it. Uh, people send funny stories or questions in, and I get to answer them in a funny, nonchalant way. But I always tell people don't listen to that advice. It's very bad advice. But it's the exact type of advice you'd expect off Instagram. Not the best advice. What is the weirdest question that you had to deal with there? If you think about oh, that it? thing. Yeah. Uh... I don't know if it's a weird question, but there was a girl that would ask questions all the time, and always throw hints at to being married, and her husband's from the UAE, and she doesn't, and he doesn't understand English very well, and she stays in Kuwait, et etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then one day she, she said, "Some of the, she said these answers are making me laugh so much because I'm going through my divorce." And then I was like, "Aren't you the girl that said that you?" were married to a guy from Kuwait, et etc. Et She's like, yes. And I found that so shocking because in like a three month period, she went from lovey-dovey stuff to I'm, I'm heartbroken and I'm divorced now. And these things make me laugh. And I was like, whoa, nearly. Cause she used to respond with like to questions and answers with, I just showed my husband this and translated it for him. He's laughing so hard. I just thought that was a weird, um, like circle of a story. Yeah absolutely weird indeed why do you do the radio thing when after has answered a question
0: you mean the comments
1: yeah the comment it's like radio <laughs> people always do that like why do, why do people it, it, do it, that it,
0: it gives us a moment to pause and think about it though, way too yeah. like,
1: I, like I if I said, it. Like, like, like if I said it's hot outside you'd be like Mm. Very, yes It's very hot outside uh, Do you know the other day Then you'd be like Hey my man Why did No conversation works like that <laughs> it's, just, it's like got, If I Any I'm gonna try it to you Next question you ask me I'm gonna do it to you It's just, it's just a very weird way To converse uh, uh, Point taken Easy 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 You're putting mm, me on mm. the spot <laughs> Okay, yeah
0: Um yeah, so, so getting back to um, Agony Arif, so, so we yeah. spoke about what the weirdest question uh, that you've done. Where do you see this going? Is it just something that you do while you uh, during the lockdown in terms of entertainment? And, and, and obviously... I don't
1: see it going anywhere. It's just uh, the thing I do on Thursdays. As soon as I probably have something else to do, I probably stop. I think where people... Um, some people take my creativity way more seriously than I do. If that makes sense.
0: I understand, yeah. So like,
1: so, like, I did this panel discussion the other day where people were speaking to me about podcasting in Africa.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I just sit back and think for a second and go, I tell jokes for a living. I just happen to have a pretty cool podcast that's pretty successful. Yes. Like, so when people are like, oh, the monetization of podcasts in Africa, and I tell them, I don't know, and... I don't particularly care <laughs> because I'm just like, if money comes my way, great. If it doesn't, I'll do something else. So even with like agony, or to a certain extent, reason, main reason why I'm consistent with it is because I'm home on a Thursday. But I tell you once I'm vaccinated and I can see the outside world more and more consistently, Hey guys, <laughs> that thing will be in your dreams. It's never coming back.
0: But I'm going to be honest with you, as someone that follows this, I love it. It's actually very, very entertaining.
1: I know, and thank you. I don't I don't I don't want you to not think that I won't do it again. I'm just like I've got to find other things that also entertain me because sometimes, as a creative, we always forget that it's nice entertaining people, but I also want to be entertained. I want to be, I want to do something that makes me go, Oh, yeah, cool. I get to create this thing. And that initially was with Agony R if I did have that. And then now on a Thursday, sometimes I don't get people saying like rude things, not like rude to me, just like, Yo, I want to have to my wife and a girl and. Uh, and, uh, and another person and have a threesome. What should I do? How do I say it? And I was like, yo, this is... Now you're just crude. I don't want that. That's not where my creativity exists.
0: No, I'm, I'm with you 100%. I'm, I'm, yeah, I, I've read some of those comments and I felt uh, just as... Um, <laughs> ah,
1: they, they're wild. <laughs> I was like, wilding. Oh, I have
0: dealt with that possibly? Yeah.
1: Oh, you perhaps
0: <laughs> they're wilding. Point.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you get people like... It's like someone, someone said... I will drive to you now and give you the best of your life. And I'm just like, in a pandemic, how and why are you so brave to say this to me? What if I was married? What if I was married? What would I respond to that with? You can't. It's tough. People are problems, that's the thing.
0: Problems, 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 problems indeed. Now, the COVID has been quite a challenge for many people in the entertainment industry. You obviously mm-hmm. and your podcast. You've been doing Agony RF. Mm-hmm. Where do you see things oh, after post-COVID? How do you see things changing within this industry? Because it's going to be quite
1: every artist that was struggling. Yes, every artist that was struggling should have a nine-to-five by now. This thing was not for you. That's what COVID did. COVID showed us who real artists are And artists can create Whether they're at home or they're on stage But every single time I see like a new Comedian jump on stage And now they call themselves comedians And they do things COVID will show you If you weren't being booked during COVID If you weren't being booked (laughs) during COVID You're not good It's as simple as that You aren't good And if you aren't good You can't expect to be a professional And be paid for these things if you were paid, you know you're on the right career path. But other than that, I want to see guys get more 9-to-5s and contribute to the GDP of the country. Okay, harsh indeed. <laughs> I don't know if it's harsh. It's realistic. Of course. It's very realistic. There's some like, some, I, don't, like I don't like shitting on people's dreams. People's dreams would be comedians or radio DJs, etc., etc. You have to be substantially good to be those things. Of course. Because if you aren't, then you're just playing around. I don't want to be a rugby player. So, but, so I don't act like I am a rugby player. I don't want to be a cricketer. I don't act like I want to be a cricketer. But people seem to be in the arts. They want to be singers. They want to be media personalities. They want to be comedians. But they are really medium beige and mediocre at the craft itself. Why do
0: you think that is? Because
1: it's easy to say those things. You tell a joke at a and your friends are like, hey, go on stage. You go on stage once and you consider yourself a comedian. There's no, like, you have to go to university to become a lawyer, a doctor, an engineer. But with comedy, you only have to have the experience once and you could call yourself that. That's a crazy job profile. That's wild. You have to sing a song once at karaoke. And you can consider yourself a singer. You can go to a wedding. You can go to a wedding and sing an Indian song. And people will be like, yo... This guy, he does weddings. <laughs> <laughs> they would never do that. They would never do that to a lawyer. You don't see people calling themselves lawyers. And when you do, people take them to the legal council of South Africa to say, these people aren't lawyers.
0: So, what you're saying, there's a lot of people with, uh, what's it, fly by night? That's the yeah,
1: but that it, I, not fly by nights. Yeah, fly by night's is a certain extent. But I'm saying, it's easy to say you're a comedian. Is it not? It because,
0: is. Yeah. Is it not also because of the fact that there's the people associate associated with it, the money apparently that comes with it? And that, that's the arts industry as a whole, because there's lots of people I've come across as well that will tell you, oh, I can do this and I can do that. But when it comes to delivering, <laughs> they, can, they can't do any of it.
1: Maybe, so I artists need to realize that they're actually not that good. <laughs> it's as simple as that. Like, I know it sounds harsh. But I'm just like, maybe some singers must realize they're not good at singing. Maybe some comedians must realize they're not good at comedian, Maybe like poets must realize they're not that good at poets. There's so many things you can realize. Why do, why do you want to put yourself through the struggles? So that's why I'm saying like the biggest challenge to COVID-19 isn't necessarily a challenge. Is if you survived it, doing the thing that you say you do. I do stand-up comedy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm safe. As soon as this... COVID is over, I can still do stand-up comedy. But there's some people that, work, that ask, they say they're comedians, but you, they haven't done anything for a year and a half. Go get a nine-to-five, guys. This thing is tough. You can't build a family by being a comedian. You can't buy a house by doing club gigs. Yes. Guys must stop it. You're spoiling your life. Go out, earn money. There's nothing wrong with having a job. You can do com- comedy as a hobby. I try to tell people that all the time. This thing is at night for 15 minutes. What do you do when you wake up in the morning? Ah, guys, come on,
0: face reality. Thank you. You couldn't have said it better. I, I don't think I could have
1: uh, put it better as well. Funny. Thank you, Riaz. <laughs> I, I tried my very best.
0: <laughs> in in terms of the way forward for you and your future. Of course, you said mm-hmm. after post-COVID, you're going to get involved in a number of gigs, etc. Mm-hmm. What are some of your plans? While During COVID, there's been a lot of introspection with a lot of people. They've been sitting back and saying, okay, let me have a look at my life. Uh, this is where I am. This is where I'd like to be. Where, did you have such moments?
1: Nope, not one. I was, you know, when people are staying at home, lockdown. I've been doing lockdown for most of my life. I'm a recluse. <laughs> I've stayed at home. I go to clubs and I'm back home by 9 p.m. And that's not even a comedy club. That's going out with my friends. It's a place like going out was never a thing for me. Yeah, you'll catch me out at my favorite local, maybe on a Friday night with friends playing cards. Mm-hmm. That's it. But if I go to a gig, I finish, I go do my slot and I'm back home. I've never been the person to go to parties and stuff. I had no introspection. That was a normal, those first five weeks of lockdown were normal to me. Really, really, other than the fact I couldn't go to gym. That's it. You could so I don't have any introspection. Yeah. I try to keep my cholesterol down. <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm trying for a long life. I'm looking forward to that long life thing. But I'm saying that it's like, so I didn't have any introspection like that. Also, I think the only thing I did consider was it would have been nice to be locked up with people other than my parents. I would have loved to have had a wife. It Would have been a cool time. Hung yeah. out with her every day. Didn't have that. Don't have, don't have a wife. So I think if um, you have to ask me what I'm going to do post-COVID, in the words of Cat Stevens, find a girl, settle down. If you want, you can marry. Look at me. I am old, but I'm happy. Mm. Wow. Great words indeed. <laughs> <laughs> What? would you have said that for any song that I quoted wow great words indeed <laughs> <laughs> no 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 I wouldn't I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't. what if I the alert to to WAP would you have said the same thing no what if I did lastly let's go for it yeah what would
0: you like to be remembered as
1: hmm. funny guy no kind, empathetic, caring. That's it. Humor is not a a condition of a successful human for me. Mm -hmm. Giving, charitable, God conscious, correct moral compass. Those are the type of qualities of a human being. I think supersede any other form in art like being the funniest person in the room that's okay being an incredibly handsome person like myself it's okay (laughs) those things fade but I'm just like you could be kind from the moment you're born to the moment you die and you could have an effect on others more than other famous people would in 30 years from now maybe we won't remember some easy be like "Ah, some easy oh yeah, the guy that used to dance and stuff and yeah, yeah, I used to paint his nails. But if you're a kind person, look at Dr. Imtiaz Suleiman from Gift of the Givers. That guy will be remembered for a long time.
0: Can't agree with you more. He's actually going to be one of my guests as well on this season and amazing work. Oh, that's does. great.
1: Send his, send his details this way. I'd also like to speak to him.
0: <laughs> I, will. I will, I will. Thank you so much,
1: Suni. No, no worries, Rias this was great. It was nice and holistic. Over the next
0: couple of weeks, we feature a variety of guests who will help us find answers to questions we often think about, but rarely ask on Thinking Out Loud. This is Riya Safi saying thank you so much for listening. Till the next episode. Bye for now.